Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got Adam, we've got Rhiannon, we've got myself, Caleb. How are you guys doing today? Alive. <laughs> I'm doing better than alive. <laughs> I thought you were going to use your Superman line, Adam. <laughs> Wish. I don't think I've ever dropped an F-bomb on like, the show show, have I? Oh, <laughs> yes, you have. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I know I've said shit, but I don't think I've... Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I didn't keep a catalog. Yeah, I've done out so many bombs. Probably in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season three or something. <laughs> the love of Grant Ward. So, yeah, we're here. We just recorded, like, five days ago. So, we have uh, a few things to talk about. By the way, Adam... I was trying to figure out listening to the podcast last week. Do you really just say the name Hayward as Hayward, or is that like a subliminal thing that you're doing to connect back to Agents of Shield? Uh, Hayward, Hayward, Hayward. I don't know how how, how do how do you say it? I'm trying to figure out if my garage band's not recording either. <laughs> it says it is, but I have a flat line. Ah, jeepers. Yeah, Hayward, Hayward. <laughs> Man, I hate GarageBand. That's probably the last time I said an F-bomb was <laughs> leave GarageBand. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, Ward, how do you say hey, Ward? It's like sword. How do you say sword? Like, people doesn't say sword. Sword. Right. Sword. How do you say sword? I guess for me, the W is kind of silent. Sword. But you kept saying it last week. Every time you said it, you were like, hey, Ward. And I was like, is he trying to make a, a a Brett Dalton reference, or is that just the way he says the word? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Maybe it is like a what's that? Uh, who's that scientist or whatever called the head person, a Freudian slip or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. I've dreamt about nothing besides Grant oh. Ward for the past decade. So I mean. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> nightmares, That's just bone it's chilly just nightmares every single night. That sounds awful. It is awful. Now you guys wonder why I'm such a grouch all the damn time. It's because of the war nightmares are back. Yes. Do you live in Westmore? Is somebody controlling your thoughts? Maybe. That's true. When's the last time you left your town, Adam, to make sure that you're not actually living in a Westview situation? Well, considering we're in the middle of a panini, it's like <laughs> been a year. <laughs> Almost a year to the date, so maybe. Shit. I don't know. Could be. You've been living in Westview for a year, and it hasn't made any difference in your life. It hasn't made any difference in your like. You're just you're finally no. realizing it. Because you had nightmares about Grant Ward. If anything, yeah. it's been more exciting besides the nightmares. So take <laughs> possession of me all you want, I guess. <laughs> I have been thinking of the irony that WandaVision is a show about coping with trauma via television and entrapping people inside a closed bubble during the time of COVID. You know, like, it is so strangely apropos to the world that we live in. It's kind of weird. It is. Yes. Yes. All right, let's hit a few news things. Um, let's do Captain Marvel 2 has cast, it looks like, our bad guy. Uh, a woman named Zowie Ashton is going to play somebody. We don't know exactly. A lot of people are suggesting maybe it would be Moonstone as the villain of this movie, but that's just guessing. Uh, do you guys know Zowie Ashton or have any thoughts about what you want for the villain? I heard she was in this really decent play one time. I can't remember the name of it, though. I think Rhiannon might know. Yeah, I... Well, one, I'm very embarrassed that I never pronounce her name right, and I've been corrected on the pronunciation of her name, but I think it's Zowie, but, um... Zowie Ashton. Uh, yeah, I've seen her on Broadway a few times... Um, we actually have a mutual friend. Um, so I'm really, Ooh. really excited for her. Um, she was in Betrayal on Broadway. I'm sorry, I'm being all cryptic, but like Caleb really doesn't know what I'm talking about. She was on Betrayal on Broadway with Tom Hiddleston and Charlie Cox. 
Um, so there was a lot of like, there was one night that Kevin Feige came to that show and saw th- and like went backstage with all of them. So I've been joking this week that there's like a one fourth person in that show. I'm like, we need Eddie in the MCU. Um, but uh, you know, like she is, I, I like her a lot. Uh, like, I, I feel like at this point I somewhat know her because like I said, I have a mutual friend. Um, like as a person so i'm super excited for her this looks like a great role i really like her um i'm super excited that she's getting this chance i feel like um it's interesting that we are hearing a little bit marvel has almost gone villainless i feel like in the last few properties where they don't really tell us anything so even just telling us that she's the main antagonist is more than we've gotten for a lot of things lately yeah Yeah, and I, I mean, another, another lady, lady villain, villain which, which, I mean, I mean it, it was, was a huge deal when we got Hela. Um, so, because that was the first female villain in the Marvel Universe, so now we're getting more, I guess, diversity in our villains. Um, but it'll be exciting. All right. Uh, we got from Murphy's Multiverse uh, a rumor this week, and they clarified that it was just a rumor. They haven't confirmed like they would to call it a full scoop. That the villain of uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2 may be The Spot. Uh, Are you guys excited for The Spot? (laughs) It's perfect for the movie. (laughs) I totally missed that news, but I love it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I I thought as soon as I saw it that this is the kind of villain that if you said, hey, we're going to do The Spot live action, I'd be like, uh... But then, like, the visual capability of the team from Into the Spider-Verse, the stuff you can do with animation, it sounds way more fun. Like, a Miles versus the Spot fight scene choreographed by the people who did the big collider scene, you know, in the first Spider-Verse is something I totally buy and totally believe. And animation is fun because you can take a villain like this that's a little more outlandish and really make it work in an easier way than if it was live action, I feel like. Totally, totally, totally. Though I do want to see also the Spot and Daredevil season four because we'll never get Stilt Man. But I think we could get. I mean, I think anything is possible these days. We could get Stilt Man and Spot in a Daredevil live action, something or other. That's the thing, man. It it is anything is possible with Marvel. <laughs> you can't discount anything. Like, damn it! <laughs> like, stop playing with my Iron Fist heart, please. Like, come on. Like anything is possible. I mean, like I, I, I could see a good stilt man in this universe, and I could see Spot in the live action, but I think Spot in the animated would be really, really cool. And for I mean, any of our listeners that don't know, like Spot creates little holes that go. Is it just like into a portal that Spot has, or is it? Yeah, it's like a interdimensional portal type thing. Yeah. Yeah, so he often does things like opening a portal in his chest so that when Spider-Man goes to punch him, his fist goes into his chest and then out through a portal behind his head and he punches himself in the back of the head, which is a very again, fun comic visual. I think it'll be much better in cartoon. I was about to say that's more of the comedic element. Like in Daredevil, he had like a room full of heads that were just the head where he put like the the spot between the head and the body and the people's bodies were somewhere else, but he had a room full of heads or something. It was really morbid. Speaking of characters that would drop an F-bomb, Matt Murdock would totally. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, yeah. He is the Marvel character, to swear. After Jessica Jones. Ah, true, after Jessica. And after Howard the Duck. It is really interesting to me that, like, that is the line that Marvel seems to not want to cross. Like, when you go back and you watch those old Netflix shows, they were like, Jessica Jones having sex in a bathroom? Yeah, we'll do that. Nope, she can't say that word. You know, like, that was it was just odd to me that that was the line that they drew among, you know, all the other things they were okay with. What? I mean, we're, we're going to get, like, is Deadpool 3 going to be our first F-bomb? Are we going to get one before? Because they've had, they've been, they've been, like, just 
can these bank up like with all these ratings? I know you get one for PG thirteen, so you can can you like bank these up and just like cash them in on another PG thirteen movie, except to have twenty? Or... Well, WandaVision came real close to using one yesterday. I'm always interested in like how far into the word they can get before it technically counts. Oh, fudge! Uh, is that the moment, or what? I guess Darcy. Darcy let something go right there. Fudge, yeah, the Christmas story, Swapperoo. I don't remember it. I I don't understand why ass is cool. Like they they don't care if Captain America is talking about his ass. Right. But they care about the f bomb. I don't know. Those lines are all weird. I haven't watched that Netflix. There's a Netflix show on cursing that that I keep meaning to watch, but I haven't gotten that far on the internet yet. Evidently, that came after Quibi. All right. Um, other casting: Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness has apparently picked up Adam Hugel as um, the character. Rintra, the interdimensional Minotaur, uh, which we were saying anything can happen in Marvel. I mean, if we're <laughs> if we're t- picking up Rintra, the Minotaur, that's fascinating. It's super interesting because the last we saw of Strange, right, save for any WandaVision or whatnot, was the cloak of levitation getting ripped, right? And that's like Rintra's first appearance. Like, they had to go between dimensions because the Cloak of Levitation was too powerful, so they had to get uh, Magical Minotaur to stitch it up. So maybe that's the connection. I was also wondering when I saw Minotaur, I was like, is it possible some wire got crossed somewhere and this is actually, um, uh, what's his name from Immortal Hulk and... um... Dario Ager? Dario Ager? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, a um, couple other things. Not a lot of news this week. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur did get voice cast, which I was ecstatic about because it means that they're still making that cartoon. I kind of thought it had just been forgotten into oblivion. But uh, Diamond White is going to be Lanella. Alfrey Woodard returning to Marvel again <laughs> as Mimi. Uh Libby Bearer as Casey, Shashir Zamata as Adria. I don't even know who these people are at this point, but uh, and Lawrence Fishburne is not only producing but is going to be the Beyonder in the show. So, Alfred Woodard's going for her trifecta of just being in every type of Marvel property she can. Marvel Studios, Marvel Television, and Marvel Animation. Now all she's missing probably is Marvel New Media and one of their Disney Plus documentaries. They released. They released one yesterday they that should... I don't think we ever talked about. Oh, behind the mask. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't looked at it yet. It behind the mask just feels a little bit too much like another six one six episode that they just turned into mm-hmm. a longer documentary and totally get its purpose. They should but, do a six one six on Alfre Woodard's history with Marvel. I mean, at this point, there's enough there that they could do an hour. On it's that. all connected somehow. They need to draw her into a comic book and. And she needs to get in a Sony movie. Just, just. It's the Marvel equivalent of an EGOT or what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, talking about shows that are still happening that I forget about, apparently MODOK is going to have Mr. Sinister in it, which makes me think that this show is just going to be bonkers. Like, it seems that Marvel has been like, you know what? This thing's going nowhere. It doesn't connect to our universe. So whoever you want to have in it, whatever you want to do, just knock yourself off. Knock, knock yourself out. So uh, Modok has Mister Strange, Mister Sinister coming. Mister Strange, Mister Sinister. Um, we haven't heard about release date for this yet, right? Twenty twenty one, I think, sometime. That's where we are. Maybe. Just in case anybody. Hey, Monkey knows. is also technically in production as well. So, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, Modoc looks very well. That, those clips they gave us, uh, I don't even remember when that was. Was it um, New York? New York Comic Con. It was. I mean, I thought it looked great. I mean, it's the Rick and Morty type humor. Uh, kind of. I don't know. It's the more 
what do you want to say? I don't want to say it's the is Rick and Morty highbrow humor. I don't know what I want to say because I don't want to piss off the wrong fandom because I know Rick and Morty fans can be. Um, I think highbrow passionate. is very generous to Rick and Morty. So <laughs> true. It's it's high. I would call it high concept, right? Like high concept. There you go. Not it's very highbrow. focused on like sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Modoc feels like it falls short of that, just because Modoc also falls short of that as a scientist. Rhiannon, you said this. I can't remember if it was on the show. I feel like it was after the show last week. Um, and this is all... Everybody knows this. Like, Disney has bought out NBC's share of Hulu. But they've done it at a level... They, the way they've done it, it was announced a year ago or something. That they're buying it out based on what the share price is like a year from now. So they have to sell it, but it's at the price that it's at a year from now. And so it's this weird thing where Disney has this product that if it's super successful and the price goes up on it, they have to pay more to NBC to buy it out. And that that's just kind of a weird thing as far as like launching stuff on Hulu. Yeah. So like Hulu. So I just pulled up an article to make sure I was speaking somewhat factually. Um so they're buying Comcast's one-third stake in Hulu, and then they'll have full control of the service. They have, like, a sale price set, and it could go up after an independent party assessment of the fair market value of Hulu. So, like, there's an agreed-upon price, but yeah, like, Disney sort of, like, has no reason to increase the value of Hulu at the moment. So it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, as far as like launching these shows on Hulu, I don't think we're going to see anything major for Hulu until that valuation is complete. The deal will not be complete until 2024. So um, it, I don't know when that valuation occurs, but I wouldn't, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see them dragging their feet if they have stuff that they think is really good. Yeah, that's inter- I mean, it's interesting because I think, I assume that we'll get the Alien show before that. That big, uh, is it FX on Hulu? Yeah. See, that's, and that's the other thing. I mean, FX on Hulu is like the biggest value Hulu has right now, but some higher up somewhere made that decision because they uh, did that and then that big Shogun reboot, which is probably going to be dope as hell. Yeah, I mean, in the meantime, Disney, like, reading further in this article, like, in the meantime, Disney is responsible for any losses that Hulu has, so they do have an interest in it remaining, like, viable and having quality content. Like, there's no reason to tank it. There's also no reason to make it amazing. I mean, I think this is also why, I mean, well, yeah, this is probably what's keeping it from being integrated with Disney Plus um, and stuff like that. Let's cover the bills, but let's, you know, let's not do some overtime all right fellas let's just yeah nine to five it and get home yeah it's really interesting i don't even know like if they integrated hulu over it makes me wonder if they would do like a hulu tab on disney plus or if they would just make it an fx tab and be like, FX, your place for all the FX original series plus adult movies. You know, like, the the value of the Hulu brand is weird to me because it is a television brand. Like, it's where I go to watch an episode of a TV show I missed. And so I feel like it's a weirder fit for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I, I think what we're going to see is they're already doing this integration in other countries with their more adult services um, they're doing like once you're into Disney Plus, I think it might even be a separate subscription. But once you're in Disney Plus, you can click over, and I can't remember the name of the service. If it's Star, Star, I I kept thinking Star, but there's also Stars, so that's weird. Um, so their Star service, like they're already integrating that in their Disney Plus in other countries. So I think by the time it's, you know, by the time they're integrating Hulu into Disney Plus here, if they do. It'll be all ironed out from whatever they do over there. 
and my understanding is like the international Disney plus you click on something to get into star. It could require a separate password. Like, I mean, the big thing is that the children don't accidentally watch the handmaid's tale when they've gotten finished with Cinderella. So for the children for the children. <laughs> uh, so, so I think they have a lot of time to iron all this out by the time they're integrating it in Hulu. I forgot the other big news story that kind of hit last night. THR just put out a story about Black Widow and specifically about release date for Black Widow. And the basic details that were put out, I think in the most official way I've heard, is that Feige really doesn't want to do a hybrid release and he's a main sticking point for why they're not doing it, but that they're still open to it. And that they have to make that call within the next three or four weeks. And that the concern is that if they delay it, it will push back everything else on the Marvel calendar, including having to delay some of the Disney Plus shows. That's potentially really great or really bad news for us, I feel like. It depends on which decision Disney makes. Why? Why not? I mean... If you do the premiere access thing, right, people who can and are willing to go to it in theaters are going to go, right? Yeah. Like, people who want to go see it will. Like, at this point, I don't give a damn. Maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I, I, I would probably pay the 30 bucks or whatever to watch it at home on TV. Just because right now, no matter what they throw in front of our face, I just can't get excited about the movie. I don't know what the hell it is this combined process plus it's not really my genre of movie it's not like this huge space thing maybe black widow does go to space and it'll be my favorite movie ever <laughs> i don't at this point man like why why not at least it makes it seem like there's no scar joe a-list money problems at play now right because it yeah. out did say it's kevin feige's He's the holdup, reportedly. Yeah. He's the holdup. And I'm okay with Feige being the holdup in as much as, like, it's not that he's being a snob. They're creating stuff like WandaVision for Disney+. Plus, So it's not like him sitting in his ivory tower in Burbank being like, I just do not believe streaming is worthy of my material. It, it would seem to suggest that in his mind it's an artistic thing of, I... I've designed this movie to be a movie and not a small screen thing. Well, I mean, it's still a movie. I mean, it's still a feature film. It's the, the atmosphere is the argument, right? It's the cinema effect, but we're not going to get that for what a year, two years anyways. I mean, it's not, when's the next time a movie theater is going to be packed like it was on Endgame, So you get the hooting and hollering and all that type of stuff, you know? I mean, that's what we're talking about. Here's the experience of going to the cinema and got, buying buying popcorn and Sour Patch Kids and a soda that's way too large, you know? And oh, I have no idea when that's going to come back. Certainly not by May. It is interesting, though, because you look at someone like the Russo brothers, and they, they've done, like, two of the biggest movies to ever hit the box office, right? And they almost dabble exclusively in streaming releases now it's just interesting to see everyone else's mindset on the thing extraction and cherry and i think they've done they have a couple other things with netflix coming up yeah i mean my gut is what i've said before on the show that disney plus is such a gigantic part of bob chapek and everybody else's strategy at disney that if they come down to it three weeks from now and they're like, all right, we're going to have to delay this, but it also is going to delay two of our Disney Plus series to 2022. I think someone in the room goes, I'm sorry, Kevin. No, like we need that Disney Plus stuff coming out. It is weekly Marvel content is a basic foundational piece of our strategy as a company. We cannot delay that for the sake of, of how you feel about a Black Widow movie. Um, and it'll help. I've said this before. Raya the Last Dragon. I don't care if you hate animated movies. I don't care if you don't have kids. I don't care whatever. If you want to see Black Widow in May. 
fork out the $20. They brought the price down from Mulan, I believe. Just pay the $20 as an investment towards getting Black Widow. Because I do think it'll, you know, if it bombs, they 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 might consider it. But I think if it makes decent money, then Disney will be willing to keep Black Widow uh, on the on a split release. Well, I mean, watch it, man. It looks like a dope-ass movie. I'm all, right, all, right. all over it. You know? But yes, at least give them, give the mouse your money so we can get <laughs> the other stuff we want. He's extorting us at this point, but still. Yeah. So, and here's the other, the one other detail that came out this week is that New York is moving towards opening large venues. They made a deal to reopen the Barclays for special, the Barclays Center, which is where uh, the Brooklyn Nets play for special events, like limited capacity putting plans in place, but New York is making steps towards opening. If New York can get people in movie theaters, they'll be far more likely to release in theaters. And we've talked about this before. We're terrible at predictions. I still believe that there is going to be about a two month euphoria. Once we do feel good enough to go back out where everyone's going to go crazy and they're going to take all that stimulus money in their pocket and they're going to go out and they're going to go get drunk at bars and they're going to go to movies and they're going to have parties and they're just going to be like, thank God this is over. And I just think if you're Disney, you want to be cautious about hitting that wave. You know, the worst thing that can happen to you is you delay uh, Black Widow until November and then things do go well, vaccinations go well, people feel good. And the first movie that comes out in May is a billion dollar monster because everyone's just ecstatic to be outside again. And then Black Widow opens, you know, it turns into a $500 million movie because you missed that sort of summer of exuberance. And it's hard. Like you got to play the game to not, you know, do it too early. Like Tenet thought it might hit that and failed. But I don't think if you're Disney, you want to miss the opportunity to be the big first movie that comes out once people feel good again. Agreed. For sure. And that's a, it's super interesting talking to you two because you both live in areas where people actually heed advice of um, health officials and actually care about curb stomping the, the pandemic. <laughs> Whereas it's been business as usual here for uh, ever, besides <laughs> two two weeks last April, maybe. Just inter- interesting. Yeah, they just reopened. So theaters have been able to be open at twenty five percent capacity. I think they just opened it back up to forty percent. It's it's not totally shut down, and I think that you can make a combo of money between twenty bucks on Disney Plus. And um, people being able to rent theaters or limited capacity theaters or whatever. If I'm Disney at this point, it's all about keeping Disney Plus chugging. And so if I have to take a $200 million hit on Black Widow in order to keep Disney Plus happy, I think you do it. I mean, that's certainly what the ATT execs think over at Warner Brothers. They're taking a much bigger hit by their movie release strategy but they think it's worth it to keep HBO Max viable. So, the one movie that needs to be in theaters is Godzilla vs Kong. So I think I probably might brave the waters for that one and triple mask up to go watch two beasts <laughs> punch each other in the face. You need a bubble but, like the Bubble Boy, you know? Like, yes, I will for Godzilla like vs Kong. Hell human yeah! Human hamster like walking yes. in, just like moving it in front of you. <laughs> I'll check prop store and see if the actual bubble, if it's like signed. Who Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Was Bubble Boy? Yeah. Oh yeah, I forget yeah. that. So uh, I'll see if prop store has that exact bubble. Let's let's do it. Make it's it super been, authentic. It's been interesting. There's some pictures. Um, they're filming Marvelous Mrs. Maisel right now, and she has. Have you guys ever seen the umbrellas that like sort of cover your whole head? Yeah, like they're clear, but they, she literally has like an umbrella that covers, you know, like it's one of those, but instead of just covering her whole head, it goes down her whole body so that I guess like they can do makeup and everything and she can just be in her little bubble. One last thing that I do want your guys' opinion on on new stuff. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 
the numbers have come out for their first trailer on YouTube, and they are gigantic. There has never been a streaming show that has gotten as many views on a trailer as Falcon the Winter Soldier. It's significantly outperformed WandaVision. Are we in a weird bubble that, like, we're equally to less excited about this? Because I feel like the rest of the planet, maybe non-Marvelites, are saying WandaVision is okay, but Falcon and Winter Soldier, that's cool. No, because it's, it's the vanilla-ness, man. It's the mass market appeal. You don't have to sit through a black and white 1950s sitcom. It's the... That's why big cars go fast. Makes billions of dollars. You know, it's like, ah, oh, destruction. I love it. <laughs> it's just got the mass market appeal. I will say that, the, I mean, the trailer... I think I enjoyed the trailer more this time around. Um, but no, it's just got that... Why not? It's got that typical Marvel stuff. Um, and it's not weird, I guess. At least as of now. Agreed. It's just it's familiarity. People know what it is. They know these characters. I mean, there's probably people that didn't realize they were even coming back and are like, oh my god, I thought we'd never see these people again because of Endgame. Uh, you know, just because they thought Endgame was the end of an era or whatever. I, It's the vanilla ice cream thing. Interesting how different the public response is from my response. Because it's, I don't, again, I'm not down on Falcon Winter Soldier. I think it'll be great. Uh, it surprises me it even has the brand awareness it does. Because as much as these guys have been in these movies, if they titled this like Captain America... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, like if they put the cap title on it, I could almost see it, but they're leading the show with the names of two characters that are not household names that are not big things. It does make me wonder if WandaVision would have gone better if they had just called it Scarlet Witch and the Vision instead. But anyway, it's part of that Super Bowlness too, right? Because they pulled the full trailer online switcheroo as well if i'm not mistaken i think that was real smart because i remember seeing it i was like oh that's it and then they're like full trailer online and it's like pause the super bowl <laughs> we're headed over to the internet well it's a way for to get down you know it's a way to get down to five million dollars from 15 you know why not just uh dude stay within your 30 second spot and don't buy the airtime for two minutes but trying to think what other things came out i don't think many other movies were tv shows were on the super bowl not many um fast and furious 9 did a ad in the pregame but preview so nobody did too for that bob that looks amazing too by the way john wick fans uh bob odenkirk and nobody um, oh yeah yeah i think godzilla vs kong did a, a pregame spot as well but yeah, I mean, it, it was unique and to see like the one thing other than beer or food advertised. Or that space ad that felt like a Fantastic Four ad for a minute. I was like, wait a sec. Is this because it was right after the Falcon Winter Soldier? It's like, is Marvel pulling a Fantastic Four switcheroo on us? The Cloverfield Paradox to just surprise dropping Fantastic Four movie right after the game. All right, let's uh, let's talk about WandaVision. Uh, last night we had episode six, I think. Uh, what'd you guys think? I feel like there was a lot in this episode. Like, I feel like this whole episode was an Easter egg hunt. Um, but we are definitely going places, aren't we? At this point. I'm going to, I don't want to say what I want to say. How, so, so what I want to say is that it was a filler episode, but I understand it wasn't a filler episode because stuff ha- what do you call the episodes where this episode needs to happen to move forward that's a filler episode right it's like or an what- exposition episode is this was the episode that needed to happen for the rest of the series to happen yeah. i mean it's i like enjoyed act- it it's like an act two drag you know it's sort of like right, act two. Yeah. like it's necessary to get us to the climax but and and so much happened in it that yeah i mean i'm getting the same exact same feeling as you adam like so much happened in it but nothing happened in it right it reminds me a little bit lost had this thing it would do where because they didn't have transportation and they didn't have cell phones 
you would get an episode of them just walking through the jungle for 45 minutes because you had to get them in the right place for the right for the action of the next week and so you get like a heavy action episode and then you'd get a walking through the jungle episode and then you get another heavy action episode and then another walking through the jungle and it felt like this was a walking through the jungle episode a little bit to me which wasn't bad but and that's the thing they have yet to i mean i did not care for one but they still haven't made a questionable episode of television even though part of me kind of wanted them to for marvel television superiority superiority <laughs> whatever uh, supremacy um so i don't remember if we talked about this before but billy and tommy man those actors are just killing it yeah. Um, and it shows like not even a young Avengers, but a power pack or like a lock and key type thing would be incredible for Disney plus. The bad thing for those kids is I assume they've only got an episode or two more to go before they get aged up into teenagers. And there's another thing. I mean, this, this dropped so much stuff. I mean, with Petro Quicksilver, I mean, he certainly knows more than everyone else. So why does he know more than everyone else? And then how's he back if Wanda can only manipulate matter? Like, did she grave dig his corpse to bring back to life? You know? Right. To me, there's a strong feeling. I mean, and, and this is what I've stuck with the whole time, but a strong feeling of like somebody made their three wishes with a genie. And now they're dealing with, well, you wished for this. You know, this is what you wanted. You wanted this perfect life, family. And I think, if, I feel like at this point, one of the wishes was, I want my life to be like the perfect American family that I watched on TV as a child in Sokovia. And, you know, it's being, you know, here because he made some comments like, I'm the quirky brother here to change things up. Um, you know, like, here's what you wished for. You didn't, you know, read all the fine print. And I do think that some of what Pietro's doing may just be fitting a sitcom trope. Like, we've, we've really fought about this a little bit. Like, Agnes's husband. Is that really somebody who matters in the show? Or is it just playing into the sitcom trope of a character who has a spouse who's off, off camera? And so, like, Pietro, is it really... Could it be that it's just the trope of the troublemaking brother coming in from out of town, which happens on a lot of sitcoms? And how much is it the sitcom thing and how much is it a plot thing? I think is different. What's really interesting to me is that never has he said anything that remotely winks at the Fox universe. Like this idea that he came over from the X-Men movies to me is not what's going on. Because like there was a joke about Kick-Ass last night. Like a reference to a movie that's not even a Marvel movie. But there's not been the remotest wink of him saying anything about time in a bottle or that time I was at the mansion or, you know, whatever. Which makes me think that it really is more of a stunt casting that was trying to get us to guess at things that they're not actually doing. It could, Yeah, it could totally just be a flat-out recasting of the character, especially if they're going to use him in the, the future. But that's the, there's all they drop all sorts of that stuff. They he can I mean through his time in American Horror Story, you know, everyone knows he can play a villain, and he does these weird facial distortion things, um, and he sneaks up on Wanda, and I don't. It's all these little things that all also lead to speculation, which is part of the whole MCU environment, you know, because people make their headcanon, and they speculate, and they go frame by frame and try looking at the the email addresses Darcy was sending to, which are just like production assistants, by the way, yeah. and other characters like that. Um, and then the files and all sorts of stuff, you know. Um, and that's the thing. I want to see Mephisto or Nightmare so damn bad. But at some point, it's too late to introduce a whole new character, right? Like we're probably already past that point. Maybe. Well, no, I mean, unless they just sort of introduce this big bad, blow it all up, and leave it for Doctor Strange to clean up. Right. Which might be a more 
painful year than Infinity War to Endgame. Yeah, I I have been feeling like there's a danger here for them that they need to pay off some of the hints. Like, if we get done with the show and go, oh, for eight weeks we tried to read between the lines and all it was was red herrings to make us look like feel stupid, people are not going to enjoy that. So last night, Hayward dropped the word nightmare, which I thought was interesting. He sure did. But then, um, then Quicksilver mentioned that the kids were demon spawn, which again seems to point more like Mephisto direction. And so I just, I think that if they set too many clues and they make too many possibilities and then most to almost none of them pay off, it will feel a little cheap. They need they need to bring this home in a way that everything clicks and you go, oh, that's what was happening this whole time. Right. And that's, uh, Petro said Nightmare 2 later on um, when he revealed he knew everything was going on, which doesn't make... Uh, and that's the thing. It's going to be a completely different show on a rewatch, right? Where you can watch it from front to end in one potato chip fueled setting um there's just so much i am curious on links and such um because people are really sticking to the six hour thing and we've only gotten two and a half hours of actual content so far i think uh i did the math last night if the show is 360 minutes long, they've given us, um, I believe they've given us 210 minutes. So we have two hours and 10 minutes left. Two hours and 30 minutes left, yeah. See, I failed math. So, I mean, we're talking, what, 45 minutes an episode left? I think it's going to be a half hour next week and then two hours after that. Because next week is one more sitcom. Right. Yeah, I don't... And um, there's other questions like, why couldn't they have done episode five all throughout the series, right? I think episode five did a really good balance between sitcom and... Was that last week? Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't enjoy that. Like the the way it jumped back and forth from sitcom to reality. I kind of liked being all in one or all in the other. I feel like this week did a better balance of those two. Can we talk about the commercial this week? Yes, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> like all of the others, you're kind of like, I mean, like in the you know, like the commercial started off with, okay, that was a commercial, yeah, and then the last one was kind of like, ooh, Wanda's making a mess, but this one, like, I, I don't, even, I mean, they're just going with the nightmare angle, like, stranded little boy dies because he can't open his yogurt. <laughs> I'm like, geez, okay, like what, like, what the hell's this? I mean, there again, to me, that's a you didn't read the fine print type thing. Like, you know, you you asked for this, you got exactly what you asked for, but it's still going to be miserable. So my big take there, whoever, whoever's helping Wanda, be it Mephisto or whoever, is the shark. And I think it's important to remember Wanda hasn't done any magic in the MCU before the show. Like Wanda has powers and they're based on the infinity stone, but Wanda hasn't learned any magical things like Dr. Strange, ancient one magic. And so I took the ad to say, whoever is behind it all taught Wanda magic, gave her the magic yogurt. And she frankly doesn't know what she's doing with it and it's just going to lead her to death and she thinks it's going to save her but it's actually going to make everything worse and there's going to be something about introducing her to the world of magic in the show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes sense i'm uh I'm intrigued. what'd you say i was going uh, speaking of i mean wanda's the one person that can reform the infinity stones right 
Because she can manipulate the matter. She could turn the infinity stone dust into whatever the hell she wants. She could turn the mind stone dust into vision, judging by the whole Kevlar vest explanation. So she could turn in the power stone dust into whatever she wanted, a goblet or a so armoire. I mean, where is the Mind Stone right now? Isn't it just, like, in a pile in Wakanda somewhere? No, all the Infinity Stones are dust. They're, they were reduced to their molecular level or whatever oh. by... Mm-hmm. Adam yeah, I mean, Thanos took them... Right, 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 right. crushed them. Yes. Yeah. They're floating through no, yeah, space. Right. Yeah, so the dust is just floating through space. So unless she has, like, range issues... Or what have you? I don't. But it's. I mean, the, Kev said that they were turning her into the Scarlet Witch this series, yeah. and they totally set that up. And now, I mean, director Hayward. Hay, now I'm. Now I'm embarrassed. How to say it? Hey, director Tyler. Um, is he going to be the one to? Like, is he going to say, "Oh, that Scarlet Witch"? <laughs> or like, what's what's the thing? I mean, they went out of the way to prove the alias thing, and, and the Scarlet Witch has always been best, you know, at least in the comics when dealing with magic, like emo-y magic type stuff. Um, I think I'd like Strange to give her that name. I'd like for it to be like something that comes from the the his his magical education. Yeah, no. How, I mean, we should, how is Strange showing up? Because he's undoubtedly showing up in WandaVision, right? He's showing up at some point since she exploded WandaVision to, or Wanda World twice its size, or we don't even know how large the anomaly is now, right? So when is Strange showing up and how is he showing up? What if Agnes is Doctor Strange? And she just like, messed with his appearance. I feel like she would well no, their cha- their appearance isn't changing when Vision I think she would have said something when Vision unmasked her mind. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about that for a second. We have believed the whole time that Agnes is more understanding of the world around her than everybody else. Last night really painted her as being pretty much as stuck as everyone else, didn't it? Yeah. Tuna, unless she was lying or something, because why else is she right by Ellis Avenue, the road you're not supposed to cross to get out? Um, which is a total nod to President Ellis, right? Is he still present 20 years after he was first introduced? Can I talk about set photo leaks or not? <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear about set photo I, leaks. I've stayed spoiler free. <laughs> But I think we okay. There's reason to believe that it's not strange. Agnes isn't strange just because uh, of okay. Of the like Absolutely. is like a sword gonna be close to like shooting Skylar between the eyes, and the sling ring thing pops up and everyone claps. It's like oh, Hayward, you're screwed now. Or like yeah, how's how's strange gonna arrive? Having. The last shot of this episode would have been like the perfect shot to end the series on. Like after like a third act battle or whatever, and we realize Wanda's the most powerful character, even though we already know that. And she's ripped open the multiverse and Shuma Gorath comes through and slaps someone with his tentacle. And Dr. Strange's like, oh, my hip or whatever, because he got his ass kicked. And then she just opens her eyes in the red and then fade to black. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, I'm excited about the idea that Westview's expanding. Uh, the whole carnival thing, I think, will be a lovely, creepy element if they dwell in it at all, which I'm hoping that they will. I'm also really hoping that Darcy is just her character from Two Broke Girls next week, that that's her sitcom identity. Because it was a sitcom from the 2010s, like I think that would be perfect. What network was that on? It was CBS. CBS. Yeah. yeah. 
But it doesn't ma- I don't think it matters. I mean, Malcolm in the Middle was a Fox show, I believe. And that was... Well, now they own Fox, now that I think about it. Uh, we've talked a little bit about how nostalgia might affect how people like this show. I never watched a single episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, I did watch one, like, last week with our kiddo, because I heard that this episode might be based on it. And it really did make me like it a lot less that there wasn't a nostalgia factor. To me, it sort of proved our theory that if you liked the shows that the episodes are based on, it's better than if you didn't know the show that the episode was based on. See, I, yeah, I guess. Cause I liked Malcolm in the middle. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. That's, I like that aspect of it. Like the, uh, Billy breaking the fourth wall. I love that type of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I mean, mean, I loved what Billy breaking the fourth wall gave us, you yeah, know, it's sort of like, Things have changed, but I don't understand why they've changed. You know, just sort of like daddy's been acting weird. They're, I mean, they're totally laying the groundwork for killer Young Avengers stuff too. How they're already setting Billy up to someone who's bullied and stuff. And I know it's playful brother stuff, but Tommy will call him what the weirdo or the weird kid or something like that. Dorkosaurus Rex, I think, is the exact word. Dorkosaurus Rex, yes. But why, I wonder why they skipped, Malcolm in the Middle was early 2000s, right? So their time frames are getting broader. Mm -hmm. The, The 80s episode was really like 1983 to 1995, I would say. And this one was like late 90s and 2000s. And... Next week's going to be Modern Family. I think that show came out like 2008 or 2009, something like that. We've also seen zero vision past this point in marketing. So is this the thing that turned him into black and white vision on Vision Quest? Because, I mean, he doesn't remember anything pre-Westview, so a sword was successful in doing their mind wipe like Vision Quest. One would think. Well, and we're starting to get the sense that Hayward really is interested in Vision more than Wanda. And that maybe he's allowed this whole thing going on because he's hoping Wanda will give him a Vision back. Does that seem like out of bounds or possibly what's going on? It's the thing I got too, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, That's the thing. Were they doing this Scarlet Witch manhunt and Monica just so happened to stumble across her on... Her little excursion, you know, because we've seen, I mean, it happened a full week. She stole Vision's body a full week before the series kicked off. And if that's the case, you would think it was kind of like a all hands on deck type scenario. Yeah. And the thing that's real confusing is that if Hayward doesn't want Monica there, which is what he seems to think this week. Why did he send her there in the first place? I mean, I guess you can say that like he didn't know she'd be such a pain in the butt. But if he knows her at all, he knows that she's going to be, you know, thoughtful and investigative and all that kind of stuff. So I did like how they. Uh, this was like the first time we've seen like snap survivors kind of grieve. Well, I mean, outside of Tony Stark and such, but uh, how Hayward was saying how tough it was and all that stuff. Oh, I mean, all Captain America, too, now that I think about it. Yeah. But it's just interesting. I mean, it's a profound moment. It's like, I don't want to call it the COVID-ish, but I mean, it's not like COVID's just going to disappear from conversations several years down the line. But it would be like if somebody disappeared in 2019 and didn't go through quarantine and everything. And yeah. suddenly showed back up. We would be a little bit better. We would be like, you didn't spend a year without leaving Westview. So that's the type of thing. I mean, I know it might get tiresome at some point, but at the same time, I mean, half of everyone in the MCU suddenly disappeared. So it makes sense why that keeps on coming back because it's just now the fabric of the MCU and there's going to be stories based on it and characters based solely on it and all sorts of like how many vigilantes were born out of the snap or how many characters took their heel turn you know ronan was not the only person who turned heel because of the snap you know yeah and i think that it's what i love about it is it shows marvel's 
care about continuity and interconnectedness because they have talked they've talked about Sokovia as well and Sokovia Accords in this show like those aren't totally off the table and there are still issues to be had it looks like Falcon Winter Soldier is going to talk about some of those issues as well and I like that I mean one of the things we always fussed about with the Netflix shows is that Captain America and the Sokovia Accords happen but then they arrest Luke Cage and there's no reference to him violating Sokovia Accords you know like I like that they are referencing these bigger events and it's part of a fabric of their world. Right. As meta as WandaVision has been, I cannot wait for one of these shows to say the incident. Just please do it. Or what's another Hallmark Marvel television thing outside of having Turk Barrett show up? I haven't watched an old Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I forgot how much they really did like shoehorn a reference into the movies every week. Like they worked real hard to like put Easter eggs in there for that stuff. All right. Any other thoughts about this episode before we wrap? I do have, I do one, have prediction, one prediction, which is which next, next week is going to be a sitcom episode. episode. It's going to be the modern, be the modern family, family episode. episode. And then, and then episode, episode eight, eight is going to be largely a flashback, flashback exposition. exposition. This, is, this how is how Wanda did, did it episode. episode. And then and nine, nine will be, be the big the climax of all the action. action. I think that's legit. You can see that. Yeah. So when do we find out like stuff about Agnes and eight or next week? I think they'll do some kind of major reveal, maybe even the villain reveal at the very end of next week's episode would be my guess. So like if it says it's Mephisto, there'll be Mephisto will appear at the end of the episode. Then episode eight will show her and Mephisto teaming up to create Westview. And then nine will be vision and her fighting Mephisto. You're going to have to like lock down your phone next Friday or something then. Cause the second <laughs> someone with the red face shows up or whatever, it's oh. going to be, Everywhere on the internet. Other than forgetting that it is on, I at this point I'm resigned to just watching it as soon as I wake up. This week I watched it like I woke up, I saw one tweet hinting at the fact that there was a new episode out that reminded me, and I just watched it on my phone in bed before I got up. That's the that's the easy thing about it being short episodes. Yes. Usually my Facebook is safe. But I had a friend who had like took a picture of their kid and in the background was a TV with like Wanda and Pietro talking like while trick or treating. Oh jeez. And I was like, come on, man, what are you doing? <laughs> That's like a couple weeks ago. I'm the same way, like Facebook is usually safe. And like a couple weeks ago I opened up Facebook and somebody just bright, you know, like the big word posts on Facebook and it was just Darcy. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like I knew it was coming, but Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted that moment too. Also, oh, that was the one thing about this episode uh, with with Darcy and the the trio. It almost doesn't. I understand it's Wanda's show, but there was a sense that this is like uh, it's not Wanda's show. I don't know. Like Wanda's a character in the show, but it just it's so much. And we always talk about the ensemble casts. Um, and I mean, Monica and Darcy are almost getting close to the same screen time as everyone else. Yeah, it, it is weird that Monica could almost end up being like the hero of the show more than anybody else, you know? There's no way she doesn't get her own thing. I mean, post Captain Marvel 2, there's no way she doesn't head up an ultimates property or a sword property or a photon property. Right. 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 No, I think so. I mean, I think we might get photon this season, frankly. All right. Uh, let me do real quick on Twitter. Um, I don't think we got to this last week because we didn't have much time. Um, uh, C Sanders 70 on Twitter, uh, has been, was rewatching some and just said, um, there's a point where Wanda is surprised that Monica is still there. Like when she leaves the dome, she's surprised to see Monica. 
did she think she killed her? And so I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh man, I thought I killed you, but all right, you're still here. Um, uh, also, uh, the, the, the red dome, that's how he thinks we're going to get Scarlet Witch is somebody is going to see the red dome and that's how she's going to get named Scarlet Witch. So, um, at the Legion of Blue was just asking us if we thought, uh, Punisher is going to come back anytime soon with Burnfall. And Rhiannon and I said, no, I don't think so. But at this point, things are happening all the time that are surprising us. So, Yeah, I mean, we've heard the rumors about Jessica Jones. We've heard the rumors about Matt Murdock. We haven't, I mean, there just, there haven't been any reputable rumors. I mean, we got this covered. It's a shotgun blast to rumors, but uh, there aren't any reputable rumors. Of- right. After... After summer 2020, I doubt Punisher anytime soon. Yeah, that's what I put on Twitter. It's just the PR nightmare that the Punisher logo is right now for Marvel. They're in a, you know, they're a big corporation. I don't really care. I'm not like trying to feel sorry for them. But they're in a weird spot in as much as there's half of the world that wants them to really crack down on these unauthorized uses of the logo. But then the flip side is if they crack down on all the unauthorized use of the logos, they're going to tick off all the crazies and the, you know, domestic terrorists and people like that. You know, like I just don't think if I'm Marvel, there's a great way to do this except for to stop making Punisher stuff for a while. I mean, or reclaim the logo. I mean, that's the other thing, too. I mean, go the other extreme and make it Punisher, making it perfectly clear, loud and to the masses that this is what that logo stands for. But I think I think that's uh, people are going to see what they want to see. Yeah. Uh, We did get one from a guy named Manuel Whitkey uh, or Whitka. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm sorry, Manuel. Uh, Just chastising us for not more carefully watching WandaVision. So. Watch WandaVision more carefully next week, guys. No mistakes on the podcast. How? Like, how? <laughs> we Watch didn't have the dialogue things. memorized between Pietro and Wanda. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, at least this week, hopefully I got Dorcasaurus Rex correct this week. <laughs> That's right. That When you said that, Rhiannon, I was like, she read that tweet and immediately <laughs> memorized a random fact. So that she... <laughs> I watched the episode three times before we podcasted this time. My favorite... Oh, sorry. No, but, like, this week we are recording the day after watching. Last week we did have, like, three days after I had watched the episode, so I'm going to use that as my excuse. My favorite detail from last night was the lady who was hanging up the ghost, and there's just, like, a single tear trickling down her face. I'm telling you, folks, we cannot totally redeem Wanda. I do not care. Oh, absolutely. Uh-uh. She is, she needs to be held responsible for the torture that she's putting these people through. Yep. Oh, my God. Like, the physical therapy of those people. Just, like, the guy placing the pumpkin and standing up. I mean, just take, like, a five-pound weight and do that motion over and over, like, 20 times and see how you feel tomorrow. Yeah, I also her comment about and you get people, you know, do you think I'm controlling everyone and getting them to their dentist appointments? It's like, oh, Westview's gingivitis is going to go up significantly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then again, Adam's living in Westview and I'm sure he's still brushing his teeth pretty regularly. So, Adam, do you you say that? I'm not sure. (laughs) There's like, where'd all the toothbrushes go? (laughs) Maybe. By the way, I'm gonna let me go. I'm gonna drive out to LSF quick. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like I want a report. Because <laughs> I get the feeling, Adam, the town you live in in Iowa would be the perfect place that like people wouldn't notice if she took it over. From, I mean, right? Westview's twice the size of the town I live in. There you go. So, yeah. Know. That's why everyone's like, oh, Westview's so small, has 4,000 people. I'm like, we have a gas station. That's our only restaurant in town. <laughs> Give me a break. When Vision went up and like looked at the whole town, I'm like, that's 
that's a really big town. Yeah, that's a, that's a city around these parts, including like a cinema with like a couple of screens. Yeah, it, it was interesting. They were trying to telegraph what they were thinking as far as dates, because the two movies on the marquee came out in 1998 and 2004. So it was like, Incredible. hey, what was it? Uh, Parent Trap. Parent Trap. Which somebody, uh, Screen Crush noticed is a movie about two twins who are trying to bring their family back together. So, And The Incredibles? So the aerospace engineer is Reed Richards because The Incredibles is a backdoor pilot. Fantastic Four. How, how have they not given Brad Bird a Fantastic Four movie? I still don't understand. But Hey man, we have a John Watts Fantastic Four movie, which means it's going to be super street level with Mole Man. So get ready for it. I can't wait. Steve Carell is Mole Man. I'm still, that's a hill I'll die on. Can you imagine that Steve Carell and John Krasinski? How perfect <laughs> would that be? <laughs> yeah, and Doom is played by Rain Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Why not? Uh, guys, I think that's it. We've got a full episode here. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks particularly to our patrons who help keep the lights on. Uh, we really thank you guys uh, for that. Uh, you can support us over at patreon.com slash marvelnewsdesk. We do these videos live for people that are at $5 and above. And for everybody else, these videos are posted usually about 24 hours before the podcast comes out. So you can watch it early. You can watch it unedited. And you can see our lovely faces. Again, we do know that that may be more of a detriment than a benefit for getting you to watch the pod. But uh, thank you very much to our patrons. Thanks to Tim Cox for our logo. He's on Instagram at Tim B. Cox. And the theme music is from Alvin. He's at The Skull School on a variety of social media platforms. Uh, we will see you next week. And uh, if my prediction's right, we'll be talking about who the villain is of WandaVision. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>